Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the Five O'Clock Show. It's time for common sense. Now it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news: WABC. And welcome to Cats and Cosby. John Katsimatidis joining us remotely today. And big news, as we're hearing now some new numbers on the Americans that were killed by Hamas terrorists. 27 Americans. The number is rising. 14 Americans missing and many of them believed to be held hostage just a few minutes ago from the White House. They said there are no plans for U.S. ground forces in Israel in terms of combat forces. They would also not confirm a report that's out there that the U.S. government and Qatar have decided to freeze $6 billion. Remember that the Biden administration was giving lots of questions and the White House still not pointing the finger at Iran in any shape or form. And joining us here in studio with us is Judge Richard Weinberg, a common sense Democrat. And we have another common sense Democrat. We have former New York Governor David Patterson. Uh, John, uh, your reaction, obviously, to this new news, John Katsimatidis. Well, the $6 billion being frozen by the U.S. and Qatar was in in a few places. So maybe it is true. I mean, um I, has somebody denied it? You know what? By the way, I agree, John. I think they're afraid to say it. They haven't denied it, but they won't confirm it. They seem to be afraid to go after anything publicly with Iran, and it's sort of par for the course, it seems. Well, the last thing any well, government needs to be doing right now is being afraid. If it's the right thing, you do it, and no games. You just say, yeah, we did it, and we might do more. Bravo, Governor Patterson. One thousand percent agree. That's how a common sense governor works. <laughs> and uh, and uh, also we have. I understand we have an exciting show. We have uh, the commissioner uh, from anti-terrorism, or not commissioner, the chief. Uh, that's going to tell us about uh, what kind of alerts we have in New York uh, tomorrow towards the end of the show. Is it, Rita? Absolutely. At 540, everybody, we have the Assistant Chief John Hart with Intelligence talking about this day of jihad uh, that has been announced that is putting New York and all cities on edge. John, we also have Al D'Amato, Peter King, Michael Goodwin, uh, Congressman D.S. Bezito, and also joining us right now live on the show, we have retired Lieutenant General Jerry Borkin, one of the most renowned generals out there. Uh, General Boykin, we're so thrilled to have you here on the show. This is Rita, and I want to get your take on this new news. First off, what do we do about the fact that it looks like we have uh, potentially there could be 14 or more American hostages right now held by Hamas? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Rita. And uh, what we do is we deploy the Delta Force. SEAL Team 6, and all the other enablers that go with them and get in a position to be able to launch immediately if we get some intel that tells us where the American hostages are. And I don't really care what, you know, other people think in terms of of this. We have to have our people on the ground in there, and we need to be part of it if there's going to be a rescue. This is going to be a very, very difficult uh, operation uh, simply because you have to have the intel, and that's going to be the hard part. You know, uh, General, uh, have you heard this? We had an Israeli general on the show here on Cats and Cosby yesterday, General Boykin, and he said that they have found weaponry that Hamas is using against the Israelis that came from us in Afghanistan, that clearly the Biden administration left behind when they left, you know, $83 billion worth of equipment. It's showing up now. Hamas is using it against Israeli citizens. Your reaction? 
What a surprise. I'm sure you're not, uh, you're not surprised by that. Uh, that was, you know, we talked about that. Uh, when they left and, and pulled out and left them $83 million worth of material, I mean, good material, good stuff, stuff that any National Guard unit or active duty unit in our military would love to have. And now what we're seeing is we're seeing exactly what we all considered to be the worst case, and that was that the Taliban would sell this to the highest bidder. And I think that's exactly what we've got right now. John Katsimatidis? Well, it's uh, it's quite disturbing that uh, this equipment that we left in Afghanistan is it's going to be circulating in many, many places, I'm sure. And uh, it's it's it's. Disturbing. That's all you could say. And and the the, the question that we had before uh, uh, about the six billion dollars uh, we gave uh, Iran, uh, I hope Qatar and our government is holding on to it, and not releasing it, because for sure, in my opinion, it will be a you know Iran will use it for uh, worse purposes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, General Boykin, uh, we have also uh, Governor Patterson, Governor David Patterson, the former New York governor, has a question for you. General, is sure. is it possible that the administration might be saying they're not going to send ground troops in, but they actually do anyway? Because in that way, you would still have people in the area if you ever got a credible threat. Yeah, and I think that's what we have right now. I, and I don't mean a credible threat. Of course, we have a credible threat. But what no, I, I mean in terms of location. On, yeah, what I think is going on is they've been forward deployed to uh, some staging base uh, that will allow them to get there within an hour or so. And uh, and as the situation develops, they may start moving those troops in closer. I promise you, they have people. Oops, we're losing you there, General Boykin. It may not be in the country itself, but they're close enough. They could be across on one of the islands there that uh, we've staged at before when I was in the Delta Force. We staged there, and it may, it's a good place for because it's uh, close enough to get there quickly. And General, by the way, General, and, and, one more question. I just ahead. wanted to ask you, how do you get hostages away from their captors? I mean, we had that problem in Iran. It's happened in a number of places. It's... It's a really difficult undertaking. That's exactly right. And what makes it difficult is getting the intelligence that you need. How do you get them away from the hostages? Uh, you shoot them. You shoot them and make sure that uh, Fine with they're me. never a factor again. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, we are talking to Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, a legendary general of the Delta Force. Uh, go ahead, Judge Richard Weinberg. Thank you, uh, General, for your service. What about the uh, deployment of these naval resources if Hezbollah attacks uh, Israel? How does that work, General? What are they used for? Well, it depends on what uh, what the task is. And uh, first of all, they can do an amphibious landing with the SEALs. And when I say amphibious, I don't mean a D-Day kind of thing. I mean something that's at night, it's low-key, you don't see it, and they come in and, and come ashore. And uh, and then they go to wherever the target is. So uh, the, the Navy is uh, absolutely an imperative for uh, going after an operation like this and trying to trying to bring hostages home. And and I will tell you that it's, it's I'm glad I'm not doing it uh, because it is a very tough thing to do. General, let me ask you, too, um, what about the concern now um, in terms of a second front for Israel? Uh, because there are a lot of reports that Hezbollah in the north is firing some rockets. We know that Israeli troops yeah. are moving up. That, that boy, does that complicate things. Can Israel handle a fight from both sides? And at that point, does the U.S. have to step in? Well, first of all, I think there's always a chance that the U.S. will have to step in and and people will argue with me about that. But, uh, you know, if the worst comes to to even worse, uh, we cannot let them uh, be fired on from many sides and not come in and provide them with, uh, at, at a minimum, the most modern material we can give them and possibly uh, aircraft as well as uh, uh, artillery. And the biggest thing is probably going to be air defense artillery. Uh, but we we have to stand with them on this. Listen, the, the, 
the Israelis are fed up. I mean, I think everybody knows that, whether they admit it or not. The Israelis are fed up, and I have watched them. I, I lived over there for a while and, and, and worked with the uh, IDF as well as uh, some of their intel services as well. So, But I, I watched them one time. They, they found a uh, – in the Gaza Strip, by the way, they found a cache of just tons of uh, explosives and weapons – and it was in a big house there. They called the house. I, I watched this. They called the house, and they said, we're about to blow you away. We know you got demolitions in there, so you need to get out now. And then they brought a helicopter in and watched the people in that house as they ran to the roof. So everybody could see them, uh, thinking that uh, that would convince them not to shoot. Well, they came in. The, the Israelis brought a little helicopter in, and they fired on the corners of the house. They didn't hit anybody. They fired on the corners just to let them know they were serious. And the next thing you saw was you saw people scrambling uh, at, at all with all speed to get off of the top of that roof. That's what they have to go through to keep from being criticized. And even then, they get criticized and condemned. And there's going to be a ground game. It's going to be a ground game, and that ground game is going to kill a lot of people. And there, there are tons of of people in the Gaza Strip that want nothing to do with this. They just want Hamas to get out and stop provoking Israel to where they lose members of their family. And and, and if they don't do it now, they'll never do it, and they're going to get hit again, and it won't be long. Absolutely. Uh, General Jerry Boykin, we first of all, we thank you so much for your service, and you have to come back on again soon. Uh, we so appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Good. Thank. Good to be with you, and thanks for having me. You too. Thank, Thank you. you so much, my friend. By the way, uh, Israel saying today it is a fight for civilization. Just what we just heard from General Jerry Boykin, and joining us now here on Cats and Cosby, we have New York Congressman Anthony Diaz Bazito. Uh, Congressman, great to have you here. You probably just heard from the legendary General Jerry Boykin. Uh, saying that they have to go in, they have to level basically Hamas, because if they don't, they are going to come back. Uh, this is a fight for survival of Israel. Your thoughts tonight, Congressman? I agree 100% with the general. This is not a time for negotiation. Uh, this is a time to crush Hamas and eliminate them off the planet. What do you think uh, Americans should be doing now? And what do you what do you make of the fact, Congressman D'Esposito, that we're hearing all the way, you know, from the White House? Well, we're not really sure if Iran is involved. We're not really sure. They're like it's this like wimpy, tepid response. Well, I, you know, listen, uh, you don't need to be a retired New York City detective to realize that uh, Iran is at the hands of, of Hamas and vice versa. Um, what we need to do as Americans, we need to stay vigilant. We need to support uh, our greatest ally in Israel. And when we have days like tomorrow and when we see that there are threats coming from uh, other sides uh, of this globe, uh, we need to stand strong and we need to make sure that we're not intimidated and we need to uh, really go out there and be a unified front because that's what our enemies need to see. And the congressman, to that point, uh, they are calling for a day of jihad tomorrow. This is a Hamas leader uh, calling for people around the world. How worried are you uh, about, you know, sadly, New York is always a prime target. We know that. How worried should we be? Well, obviously, there's always concern. I think that uh, throughout the, the year, there's always concerns as, as New York is a target uh, for terrorism. But uh, I trust in our intelligence community. I trust in our law enforcement agencies that have been preparing, that have been sharing information. Uh, and if there is uh, any, any place uh, on this planet that's uh, going to remain st safe and, and is going to uh, be on the front lines to keep our, our residents and our neighbors safe, uh, it's here in the United States of America and specifically here in New York City. I know uh, the NYPD uh, has called in uh, anyone that has uh, that had regular days off tomorrow. Uh, so there's going to be a presence in the five boroughs and throughout New York City. And I've spoken to other law enforcement agencies throughout the country uh, who are acting in a similar fashion. So I think tomorrow is about standing strong. Tomorrow is about not changing our, our day to day and, and, and making sure that children go to school, make sure that we go to work, uh, because that's what the terrorists want. They want us to change our day. The terrorists want us uh, to uh, veer off our path and, and show that we're 
uh, scared of them, and we can't do that. Yeah, we cannot give in. Uh, Governor David Patterson, you got a question for Congressman D'Esposito. Well, Congressman, in our legal system in this country, there's a presumption of innocence until proven guilty. So that's how we do things here. However, this is an international conflict. So I don't know how you could jump to a conclusion within 48 hours that Iran wasn't involved when you didn't have nearly enough time to do the uh, deep dive to find out what's really going on. Oh, no, I, I think Iran is involved. Uh, I, I, I agree that they are oh, no, involved. I, I, I knew that, you thought that. I'm, just, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about yeah, absolutely. the people Listen, who came like out and said, said it. Well, it's, it's because it fits their narrative. Uh, some of the people that I serve with in Congress who... Uh, quite frankly, I'm not sure how they serve in the United States House of Representatives when probably their biggest enemy is actually the United States. The fact that there's a Palestinian flag hanging outside of one of our congressional offices on Capitol Hill is a disgrace. Whose office uh, is that hanging out of? Whose office? Alan Omar has a a, 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 a flag of uh, Palestine. Uh, that, that is that in the midst of all this, uh, that is shocking. John Katsimatidis, I know you have a question for the congressman. Well, I go back to Washington. What the heck is going on in Washington? Are you guys going to have a vote? We hope so. We're uh, going back. Uh, we're, we're hearing that we're going to go back into conference within the next couple hours. Uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, you know, there's a divided conference, and um, I don't agree with it. I think that we should all come to a conclusion. The, the, uh, the, the history, I've, I spoke to Peter King this morning and, and over the last few days, and there's always been uh, that when, uh, when someone is elected out of the conference, uh, they are the ones that are supported on the floor of the House. And the fact that uh, we have a divided conference and that we can't get to the floor to elect a speaker is a problem. Right now, what we should be focusing on is counting down the days to that continuing resolution uh, expires. And we need to make sure we get appropriations bills on the floor so we can keep our government running. That should be our focus. What are the chances, be- what are the chances of uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy making a comeback? I'm not sure that's uh, that's in the cards. I think that right now uh, there are, there's a, div- a division between uh, Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. I know that a few people yesterday in the uh, in the conference vote did vote for Kevin McCarthy and a few other names. Uh, obviously, Steve Scalise came out on top with 113 votes, Jim Jordan with 99. Uh, so the rule of the conference was that that's the name that is now the speaker designee, and he should uh, go to the floor and and be elected. But unfortunately, we have members that are saying they're not going to support that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I trust in that Steve Scalise is not going to have us go to the floor uh, until we have a unified front because we don't want to see a repeat of what we saw in January where we have 15 votes for Speaker of the House. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, Governor Patterson, you have a question. Uh, Congressman, you know, for the welfare of the country and to make things move, wouldn't it be really a great moment for the Democrats to give Scalise the votes and let him become the speaker and then deal with all this down the road? There are immediate problems that need to be addressed, particularly the funding of whatever we choose to do in the Middle East. Well, I agree with you. It, it would be nice to have Steve Scalise elected. Uh, but when it comes to the votes, you know, to be 100 percent honest with you, uh, the Democrats shouldn't have supported uh, vacating the chair of the House of Representatives last week. Uh, and we wouldn't be in this situation. All right. Thank and believe me, I, I believe me, I put blame on the, on the eight Republicans uh, that put it on the floor. But if the Democrats didn't support it, we wouldn't be in this position right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no question about it. Well, you keep us posted if we end up having a new House speaker uh, as early as today. Please let us know. And uh, I'm glad you told us about that flag outside Ilhan Omar's yeah. office, too. Wow, wow, wow. Congressman, thanks so much. Be well. Take care. Stay safe. Thank you. Uh, And everybody stay with us. We're going to be talking to a consul for media affairs from the Israeli consulate in New York to get an update from that on this huge news day. That's after the break here on Cats and Cause. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage 
all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. This is Rita Cosby. The great John Katsimatidis is joining us remotely today. Also, we have Judge Richard Weinberg, a common sense Democrat, and another very common sense and also well-dressed Democrat here, Governor David Patterson, the former governor of New York. Um, and joining us right now, you guys, is the Consul for Media Affairs. He is the spokesperson there of the Israeli Consulate to New York, uh, Mr. Ite Milner. Ite, thank you for joining us. I know how busy you guys are. Uh, some of these images that we are hearing about that people have seen of just the brutality of what has happened to the Israeli people uh, we're hearing about today about uh, babies being executed, uh, what's happening to the women. Can you talk about just how difficult it is, what has happened to the Israeli people and what the world is now discovering? Yeah, well, I can share that how my day looks like today. Um, I was actually uh, had the 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 job to look at all of the horrible, horrible, horrible um, pictures and decide what is not horrible, you know, in a, in a way that we can actually release it that the world would see. Because most of it, we saved it from the public because it's, it's too horrific. Um, so uh, the Israeli public, of course, also um, watching those pictures. And um, for a country that is pledged never again, and people who live with the notion of never again their whole lifetime, uh, this is quite shocking. Yeah, it's very shocking. Um, you know, we've heard of stories of like one village, 10% of the village is wiped out. Um, what do you say to these people who are upset now that, uh, you know, Gaza doesn't have electricity? Uh, there are people out there saying uh, Israel is being brutal by cutting off electricity. What do you say? I would tell them that um, Hamas is controlling Gaza, and and everything that goes into Gaza eventually will be used against us. It's been proven time and time again, whether it's uh, cement to build tunnels to uh, attack us from beneath, or it's electricity uh, to build their uh, rocket operation. Um, So... um, we, we, we're going to stop it. You know, we, we're not going to we, we're not going to supply the things that are being used against us. Um, we, of course, going to try to avoid any humanitarian crisis. Um, but Hamas is responsible in the Gaza Strip, um, and he brought his people to this situation, and um, and he will uh, bear the responsibility for whatever happens next. To have you back on the show, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. When the Israeli government says that this is a game changer, that's not going to be ever again the way it was in Gaza. What does that mean? That what's this change to happen? It means that um, we uh, woke up to a reality on Saturday um, that we found out that Israelis found out. But they're not as safe as they thought they are. The, 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 the measures that we had uh, around the Gaza Strip um, can't help 
at some at some uh, point. And when it when when they do, the damage and the risk and the threat is enormous. You know, we all seen the pictures. Um, so the the solution for that is just to eliminate the threat, not to uh, make it harder for it to infiltrate our uh, villages and uh, and cities. So fundamentally, you're giving, up on, to, you're giving up yes. on containment then? You're moving yes, away no from containment. containment? No more containment, no more solutions. I mean, the, the Iron Dome is a great solution, but the Iron Dome makes it uh, easier to contain the fact that um, an ISIS-like organization is just shooting rockets uh, on civilians whenever he wishes. And uh, everybody, we are talking to Ite Milner. He's a spokesperson for the Israeli consulate in New York. Um, John Katsimatidis. Well, uh, it's very difficult. And uh, uh, the difficulty, Rita, is in New York, uh, all these Palestinians that want to be uh, marching and I know we're going to talk about it later on, is 48% of New Yorkers uh, are supposedly on Israel's side and 37% are on Palestine's side. And, and I don't know where those numbers come from, but it's very uh, frightening. Your reaction, Ite? First of all, I must say that from the world that I surround me, I... I, I feeling love that I've never uh, witnessed before, um, not just by my immediate surrounding, but from all across. People are sending us emails that they want to volunteer, that they want to donate. Um, we hear um, um, declarations and, 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 and things that people say that, that strengthen us a lot. Yes, there are some who, who still, after what we've all seen, still legitimize or justify what happened. But I think it's a drop in, in an ocean of support. I don't know if the numbers are right or wrong, but it's, I don't think it's substantial. And if it does, you know, it's free speech, but all stupidity is also free. So, you know, that's their <laughs> choice. Yeah, it is shocking. I, uh, Ite Milner, thank you so much for joining us. you got to keep us posted. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with you and everybody there. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Ite, thank you. And joining us now, uh, John, we have Congressman Peter King joining us here on the show. Uh, Congressman Peter King, what do you make of all this? You know, John was just hitting on, and we're going to talk more with Michael Goodwin shortly, but all this anti-Israel uh, rhetoric, I mean, coming from colleges and elsewhere, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgraceful, and it's more than anti-Israel. It's anti-Semitic, and it's been going on at a... a below the radar screen at a university for too long. And now it's had a chance to manifest itself. And it's fortunate for them. They're able to have a public forum, which is unfortunate for them and good for the country. We can see how dangerous this is. And I think it's important for alumni to put pressure on universities and colleges, for uh, big companies not to be recruiting people like this. And we have to start putting the pressure back. So even though they're getting temporary headlines for themselves, I think these headlines are going to be totally counterproductive to them is going to wake up the American people as to the anti-Semitism that is in our society today, especially in our colleges and universities, which is really uh, dangerous. Thinking of, if that's the future of our nation, uh, we have a lot to be worried about. So let's nip it in the butt now. Let's really go after it and let the American people know how dangerous this is and how widespread it is. Absolutely. I, John Katsimatidis, I know you got some thoughts on this. Well, the uh, important thing is, I think a lot of Companies are coming together like they came together with no uh, wokeism, and and a lot of companies got punished. Uh, you know, whether it was Disney, whether it was BlackRock, whether it was Target. Well, now uh, I understand uh, uh, companies are withdrawing their offers to people uh, that are pro pro Palestinian offers that they made for jobs. Uh, also, there's a, a revolt going on in NYU. I understand. I understand uh, uh, some 20 CEOs got together and said they're not going to hire people from Harvard. Maybe, you know, um, you know, it, it goes two ways. What do you say, Peter? No, I, I agree, John. I think uh, action has to be taken. And uh, we're not talking about taking legal action. We're talking about uh, people, whether it's a boycott or whether it's just say we're not going to be uh, hiring or interviewing people who are involved in these activities. 
And this isn't a question of freedom of speech. This is not the government getting involved. This is company change. They really want employees working with other employees in their company who are so anti-Semitic. You can have honest differences about policy toward Israel or any other country in the world. But when it comes down to being silenced or actually encouraging uh, a massacre where babies are being slaughtered and innocent people are being mutilated, I mean, this just goes beyond anything. All of, almost all of Israel's wars, certainly they had terrorist attacks, but it was army against army. It was uh, troops against troops. This actually going out and intentionally, intentionally killing mass numbers of innocent people, men, women, and children is absurd and disgraceful. It is. That's, uh, not, that's not called an army. It's called a, a massacre. They're approaching what absolutely. Hitler used to do. And uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's any other way uh, around it. It's Hitler-type tactics. Judge Weinberg, I know you okay. got a comment real quick. Well, they keep calling them uh, soldiers. They keep calling them militants. They are terrorists. They had no hesitation right. in using the term of art terrorists to describe ISIS. There's no difference between Hamas and the other terrorist groups led by Iran. These are terrorists, and we have to call them out. If we don't understand who our enemy is, we cannot beat them. Absolutely. Guys, we got to go to a quick break. Uh, Peter King, thank you so much. We so thank appreciate you. it. John, stick with us. Everybody, a lot more right after the break here on Cats and Cosby. Find out what the NYPD is doing to brace for a day of jihad tomorrow. And also we have Michael Goodwin, who is mad as heck. You're commuting home with Cats and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now is New York Post Pulitzer Prize winning columnist Michael Goodwin. Michael, this is stunning to see so many different college campuses across the country and elsewhere uh, with this death to Israel pro-Hamas message. What is going on? Well, uh, yes, Rita, it is a kind of clarifying moment uh, as to where everybody stands. Uh, It's a remarkable sort of shot through our politics and our and our culture and the way people are reacting to it is sometimes surprising and shocking and other times not at all i mean i thought the uh the initial outpouring of anti-semitism which is what happened immediately after the attack and the support of for hamas was breathtaking in this country in europe in australia uh, and so this part of it, I'm more, uh, it, it's, it's more expected that college kids would be dumb, say dumb things, believe dumb things, uh, and find an excuse not to go to class. Uh, but, I, but I do think it does point up a big rot in our institutions. I was reading earlier a statement from Richie Torres, a congressman from the Bronx, who says, Basically, it's a moment of moral clarity, and he's right uh, if you can see morality through clear eyes. But when you want to go into this bender and this upside-down world of uh, the oppressed and the oppressor without regard to who's cutting whose throat, you sound pretty stupid to me. You know, and also you are ginning up emotions, too. I mean, that's the other thing. You've got these folks. We have the mayor of New York City worried about lone wolf attacks. I mean, it's spurring emotions when emotions are running high. By the way, Michael Goodwin, there was a poll that just came out, and it had 48% supporting the Israelis, 37% supporting Hamas. Who's supporting Hamas? It's extraordinary. Uh, I suspect there are a lot of, uh, well, I would say that probably that entire support for Hamas comes from the left. Uh, I, I can't imagine that any centrist or conservative would view a terrorist attack and a terrorist organization worth supporting under any circumstance, let alone in this moment when the, the imagery that coming out of Israel, the descriptions, are, are revolting. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine that human beings do this to other defenseless human beings. Uh, I mean, this is, you know, we, we've all gotten hardened, I think, to crime and even to war itself, but this is neither. This is terrorism. And one of my pet peeves about this is the way the media has been describing Hamas. Uh, the New York Times the other day, for example, said that, uh, It's been designated a terror organization. And the next paragraph, it talked about its 
uh, militants and fighters. Now, if these militants and fighters are carrying out the work of a terrorist organization, which we know what that work consisted of, aren't they terrorists? Why do you reach to find something other than the correct word? Why do you try to soften? Uh, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And, of course, so much of the media, you, you will hear, if you listen closely, and I urge you and our listeners to listen closely to when people talk about this, do they describe the Hamas killers as militants, as fighters, as soldiers, or do they describe them correctly as terrorists? Yeah, really frightening. Uh, Michael Goodwin of the New York Post. Uh, Judge Richard Weinberg has a question for you. Michael, there are two other points I'd like to make. Number one, the uh, 44 Republicans in the House of Representatives have sent a letter to the United States uh, Secretary of Education urging them to act responsibly. That is, the Department of Education working with the universities and the graduate schools to uh, curtail the anti-Jewish and anti-Israeli hatred and bigotry going on the campus, pointing out it's a violation of United States civil rights law. And because you have a lot of gutless, whiny responses from college administrators and where they should be putting forward, you know, fairness and, and human decency. And the other issue is I haven't seen, Michael, at all any responsible Muslim organization in this country condemning this terrorist attack. What do you say on those two issues? Well, on the latter, uh, I guess I'm not surprised that the uh, Muslim organizations, I mean, there, there is clearly a streak of radicalism and, uh, I, you know, terrorism. I mean, CARE, for example, was an unindicted co-conspirator in a terrorist case. Um, this, is the, this is the nature, I, I'm afraid to say, of the Muslim presence in America, these organizations all seem to be radicalized. Uh, I mean, look, look at the Muslims in the American Congress. Uh, who, who did we get? E- Elon Omar and Rashida Tlaib. I mean, that, the two, that, that's two, but l- look at their positions. Look at, they can't even condemn this as a member of Congress. Um, on the question of the colleges, um, the failure of the administrators to stand up for what's obviously right and condemn what's obviously wrong is another one of those things that, you know, it's it's outrageous, but it's not surprising. I mean, the the cancel culture that these administrators have largely surrendered to, this is another moment where they are afraid. I mean, I don't know. When I I was growing up, the people who were responsible for me, whether it was my parents, my teachers, my coaches, they were not afraid of me. Uh, now, we, now we seem to have everybody walking in fear of young people as though they know best or they won't listen, therefore I won't even try. Uh, I'm beginning to wonder if these administrators actually know better. Yes. If they aren't the ones who need education uh, because they clearly do not have the backbone do not have the moral clarity, as Richie Torres said, uh, to instruct younger people. I mean, when, when did morality stop being part of education? When did it become optional to be a moral person? That seems to be the, the ruling uh, idea in today's colleges. Yeah, I agree. It is shameful. They need to do more. Administrators, uh, students have to have uh, a moral compass. It is shocking. Uh, Michael Goodwin, we love you. We so appreciate you being here on such an important news day. Thank you so much. Thank you both. Thank you so much, Michael. And joining us now is John Hart. He is the Assistant Chief of the Intelligence Division for the NYPD. Uh, Joining us here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, Chief, thank you so much for being here. Uh, You know, there's so much going on. Uh, with this rhetoric coming out of a day of jihad tomorrow. We've also heard, you know, from New York City Mayor Eric Adams, who has said, yeah, he's worried about just lone wolves in general, given everything that's going on in the Mideast. Um, how concerned should we be? And if you could just talk about some of the preparations, because we all know the NYPD is the best of the best. Well, thank you for that, and thanks for the good questions. Um, you know, we... We recognize the concern that New Yorkers have because of the horrific events in Israel. And um, 
you know, these, these comments, these uh, online posts by, by the uh, former founder of Hamas certainly, certainly lead everyone to have, you know, real concerns and calls for actions around the, around the world, Muslims against Jews. You know, that's not, that's not New York. And that's not who we, we, how we see ourselves, and that's not how New Yorkers act. And we are preparing as a police department because we, we recognize these concerns and we recognize that people need to feel safe. But our, our message is that we are, we are operating under the um, reassurance and deterrence mode, and we want everyone to be reassured. They want, we want them to see a robust police presence everywhere. We want them to be vigilant. We want you to go about your life. We do not want people canceling things or staying home from school or any of those kinds of things. We want people to go about their life. If you see something that concerns you, please notify us and and let us know, and and we will be there. Um, In New York City, what are you going to see around this? You're going to see protests. You're going to see some incidents that are of concern where, you know, individual might hurt another individual in a very as of as of today, in all the events we've had have been very minor, you know, sort of one-on-one kind of incidents that are not necessarily rising to the level of a hate crime or, or, or attack of any kind. We're going to see tensions around the protests. We're going to see all those things. But we believe that this is a, a New York City community. We believe there's lots of good people in all the communities in New York. And we want to make sure everyone knows that the OIPD is here to protect you. Absolutely. And everybody, we are talking to the Assistant Chief of the Intelligence Division of the NYPD, uh, John Hart. Uh, John Katsimatidis, I know you've got some questions for uh, the great Assistant Chief. Well, the NYPD has always done a great job. The Anti-Terrorism Unit has done a great job. And, uh, you know, people get scared sometimes. I I had a few phone calls uh, from people, uh, should I go to the office tomorrow? I said, of course you go to the office tomorrow. And of course, uh, you know, New York is going to be safe. Are there going to be demonstrations? Yes, there will be demonstrations. But uh, I think New Yorkers have confidence in you guys. Chief, Thanks, go ahead. John. We appreciate that. Yeah. Chief, are there certain things to people um, should do, just given this climate of sensitivity, as you talked about with all the protests and everything else, are there certain things uh, that we should be on the lookout for, people who are listening? We have so many listeners to this top-rated show. You know, I, I think that, you know, it, I think vigilance is really the key. I think it's, uh, you know, you, you don't want to, and, and New Yorkers are vigilant all the time, so I, I don't think that there's anything specific. We, You know, we've talked to probably every community in New York over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours since since some of this overseas uh, um, reporting came in. And, it, it, you know, we are telling everybody the same thing. If you're a school, do all the things you do to keep your school safe. Make sure that you notify us if you have any school events. But, you know, we think it's healthy for kids to be at school and outside doing things, and we will have a police presence around it. But you should have all the protocols in place if you're a school, if you're a, a, a Jewish synagogue or, or, or a mosque or anywhere in New York. You should have all the regular protocols in place. If you've got a large event or, or any kind of a protest or vigil occurring, let the local precinct know. Let the police department know. We will make sure your event is secured. Um, so anywhere where you have large gatherings or any concerns about what is occurring in, in the world, you know, please let us know. We'll get there. But, you know, most importantly, the one thing you should not do is cancel anything or allow this to control your life. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Well, Assistant Chief of the Intelligence Division at the Great NYPD, John Hart, thank you so much. Uh, we love our men and women in blue here on Cats and Cosby, and we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. We we, we appreciate that you guys get us on the show all the time. Thanks Always. very much. Thank you so much. And coming up, we have a former New York Senator Al D'Amato. And he is mad as heck. We're going to get his take on these huge developments today. Stay tuned, everybody. The Cats and Cosby. Recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. 
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. John Katz and Matiti is joining us remotely. Also, we have Judge Richard Weinberg and former New York Governor David Patterson. Uh, boy, is this a trying time in the world. Again, the latest numbers, 27 dead Americans by Hamas terrorists. 14 still missing and many believed to be held hostage. And joining us now is the great former senator of New York, the greatest ever, Al D'Amato. Senator D'Amato, who do you think is behind this? Who do you blame for these just the barbarian uh, attacks that we are now seeing before the world? You know, there are tens of hundreds of missiles fired at Israel. Hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. And we didn't know that this was taking place. But let me tell you, who had the capability of gathering those kinds of munitions, etc.? Huh? Iran. Wake up. And why? Because, number one, who is the greatest threat to Iran's nuclear capabilities? Only one. Israel. Israel will never allow her to go nuclear. We don't have the balls, the courage to stand up and do it, the United States of America, but Israel must for her own survival. And so Israel is Iran's number one target. Where do you think all these munitions came from? Who gave them to these groups? One, Iran. After all, we give them $6 billion. Oh, it's only for food. Money is fungible. So that that I would have used for food and humanitarian efforts, guess what I do? I use that money for military. And who is behind this thing? Who put this group? This has been taken, this planning, a year and a half to two years. This is what took place. Who is the only one in in that area who has the money? the capabilities, and the military know-how. Iran, wake up, America. And Mr. President, you better wake up. Because if you keep playing games with them, we're going to get it in the long run, and you ain't going to like how we get it. And the American people aren't. That's what's going on. And it's disgusting. And there are not enough people speaking up about this. That's where the capabilities came from. Iran, nobody else. And I'll tell you something else. If you ask Peter King that, he'll tell you that. If you ask anybody that really has logic, they'll tell you that. And I'm asking John Kasmatidis, what do you think? I think there's no doubt they came from Iran. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, And uh, Iran was the broker that probably bought it from the Taliban and uh, gave it to the uh, the Hamas, who I called yesterday uh, Iran's uh, foreign legion. Yeah, John, you're absolutely right. She had the money, the capability, etc., the know-how. She's loaned her her people to give the technical ability uh, to Hamas for the rocket launching. No doubt in the world. And what are we doing? We're pushing. Well, Alphonse, we uh, haven't Senator, seen. One yeah. more thing, Senator. I, I said yesterday also uh, that the reason that uh, uh, Washington doesn't want to b- blame the Iran directly because it yeah. takes away it takes away the permission from Israel from going in there and knocking out Iran's nuclear uh, capabilities. And by the way, nobody else will do it. And why will Israel do it? For its own survival. If you let Iran go nuclear, Israel has no other choice but to knock it out. And she's not going to wait for her to go nuclear. She's got her people watching. She will knock them out. Thank God we have Israel. And we have to do everything we can to protect her. And uh, and, um, Senator, um, former New York Governor uh, David Patterson has a question for you. Senator, why does it make any sense at all when past conduct would indicate that Iran had to be involved because the other entities didn't have the resources to obtain that kind of military force? Why would you get up and and then 
you have to have it known 48 hours after the attack. Although well, we have uh, looked into it and Iran wasn't involved. You just hit the nail right on the head. And for them to say, oh, we don't have any proof. We haven't seen any military things that they've done. Come on. Come on. Who else? Where do they get the rocket systems from? Where did they get the technology from? Who else over in that area has the ability to give it to them? For God's sakes, it's Iran. And who hates Israel more than anyone else? And real quick, uh, Judge Weinberg's got a quick thought here. Senator, when they tell you death to Israel and death to America, why is it that we don't believe them? What is wrong with us? We got a jackass who's lost it all. He used to be a good friend of mine. Came to my wedding after I left the Senate. Came to the courthouse that was dedicated after I left the Senate. Joe, and when I went to meet him and he came to New York, when he made his announcement, he didn't even recognize me. He he didn't know who I was. Let, Let me just tell you, he has totally lost it. And he's being run by a bunch of left wingers. All right, and, Senator, and, uh, sorry, we got to wrap you up because we got a hard out. Uh, John, real quick, your final thoughts, my friend. Well, I think everybody should come to work and show that uh, the terrorists and show the world that uh, New Yorkers are not afraid. And uh, Senator, stay with us. And John, everybody, what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. Absolutely. God bless Israel. God bless America. And God bless New York. Thank you, Senator. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.